Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Good morning, my dear listeners. Welcome to the special Saturday edition of the Inside Acting Radio Show. My guest today are playwright Mark Scharf and actor David Shoemaker, who are involved in Fells Point Corner Theater's 10 by 10 by 10 Play Festival. It's a series of 10-minute plays in which the audience can vote for the play they think is numero uno, and that will be announced actually the last day of the play, which uh, runs through May 6th. Now, this is the third year of the festival, and you can get tickets by going to www.fpct.org, and you can find them on Facebook at Fells Point Corner Theater. That's uh, with the R-E. The venue is located at 251 South Ann Street in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, also look out for Mark Scharf's play, The Quickening, and that's opening June 8th and directed by Ann Turiano. And I actually had the pleasure of uh, writing a nice review for the festival in which I said... Be sure to see this awesome combination of explosive talent and great writing, which is sure to be a perennial theater gem for years to come. Absolutely, absolutely. And that was for uh, DC Metro Theater Arts. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, this is just a reminder that you can find me out there on Instagram at uh, William Powell 8796 And also you can book me or book yourself on this show if you contact me at william400 at yahoo.com, william400 at yahoo.com. And be sure to look on Facebook. You can join uh, the uh, Inside Acting Radio Show listeners and guests group out there. It's a fun, exciting group, lots of lots of good advice and a lot of good links to shows out there. So I see that uh, Mark and David are on the line, and I'm going to go ahead and bring them on the air. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning, sir. All right. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So now, Mark, um, if you had to describe this festival to someone you met at a cocktail party, what would you say? I'd say it was a perfect buffet <laughs> because you get a choice. <laughs> you, you, you get a lot of good choices, and if by chance your taste doesn't doesn't go to one particular dish, you can just hang on for 10 minutes because another one will will come along that uh, may be exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, another bus comes along. David, how, how about you? What would you say? Another bus comes along. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, I, the, the tagline is always, if you don't like something, wait 10 minutes. But we've been really lucky in the last... Uh, several years that we've been doing it that we always get uh, great choices to pick from and uh, it's actually hard to pick the best ones. 10 10 minute plays. I have to immediately give a shout out to uh, an old friend named Mark Steckbeck whose idea this was back in 2011. Yeah. Um, He came up with it and it has been something that I've done every single year we've done it. It's been so much fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I agree. So now, Mark, you were in a play, um, I'm sorry, uh, David, you were in a play called uh, While in Parallel Dimensions, Clothes Hangers Conspired. You handled, <laughs> yes. uh, handled your comedic 
I think that was a comedic part, and you handled it pretty well. How do you approach comedy different from drama? Uh, honestly, the hardest thing about comedy is not approaching it any differently than drama. Um, yeah. Obviously, Agent Sex Skulder is, is a magnified version of humanity, Um and it, it, it all is a bit crazy. So you, you sort of take your cues from the old masters. Um, but really funny is about just being truthful. So if we set the rules at the beginning that everybody, fact, Skulder, Data, Mully, and I'm a true earthling, are these magnified versions of characters you're already very familiar with, then the way to keep it funny is, to make sure that you obey the rules that you give the audience at the beginning. So we just have to stay crazy the entire time. And that's hard to do because sometimes you want to play something naturally. But if you start off going, hello, then you have to keep on going. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, Mark, um, if I'm a playwright, how do I submit a play to the festival? Oh, it, every year there's open submissions. It's it's advertised in various social media, um, and also if you are if you come down to Fells Point to see shows, you'll you'll uh, find reminders as well. But every year there's completely open submissions. The submissions are blind, in that uh, the readers don't know whose play they're reading, so they're, they're judging solely on the, con- the content of the play. And uh, of course, you know, one person keeps track of of uh, whose is whose, and then they make a then, then they make a, a hard selection to to try and pick a you know an evening because they're trying to balance you know not only material but but ensemble and and uh, resources and and all the rest. So there's a, there's a lot that goes on behind this. And so now, Mark, uh, you probably I know you've read a lot of plays. What would you say are uh, some common rookie mistakes uh, by first-time playwriters, playwrights? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, having a having a scene where an actor tells me what I just saw. If, you, if I just saw it, you don't need to retell me again what what, what I just saw. I, I think that's a fairly mm. uh, rookie mistake. Uh, a lot of telling instead of showing. I mean, it, it, it's theater. It's live. And I need to see something happen. Don't don't just tell me about it. I'm not I'm not reading prose. I'm I'm watching it transpire on the stage. And uh, I mean I could go on for days. So <laughs> <laughs> too much exposition. Oh yeah. Too much exposition. Yeah. Wow. Get, get, drop drop your audience right in in the middle of it. You know so they'll figure it out, and that will get, mm-hmm. that will get you know gain their interest interest if you start right in the middle of, of something going on and, instead of taking three hours to set it up. You know, there audiences you go. are quick. They're, they're, they're amazing and magic and they will, they will figure it out. Yeah. Audiences are smart. Awesome. There you go. And so David, that leads me to your question. I mean, so um, you look at scripts like uh, Mark had uh, the last 10 and things like that. So what, mm-hmm. how did you choose which of these plays you wanted to do? Oh, I don't get to pick. That's uh, that's the charm of it for me. Is um, I I have friends. I work at Fells Point Corner Theater, but I am not on the the selection committee because uh, 
then I, I wouldn't feel comfortable uh, auditioning for it. Um, I don't get to pick the plays. So uh, everybody who knows about this and everybody who knows about the theater just comes out and auditions blind. Um, we have sides from some of the shows that you, uh, when you audition, you get a little taste of what's to come. So I got to read actually for um, the part that eventually went to Parker Dam in the uh, fine art of critiquing the hang of the shoe. Uh, but I, I don't get to pick at all. So it's, it's, much more like Christmas for me when when you get that email saying, hey, so uh, we've decided that you're going to be a madcap FBI agent and a guy on a train bound for a very unpleasant destination. Um, and because I don't get to read them beforehand, I get to sit here on my couch when I get the email and download the PDFs and go, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> and what's really fun for all of us is um, it's unlike any other rehearsal process because we rehearse each show individually. We don't rehearse as a group. And there are four different directors, each of whom tackle two or three shows. So wow. we meet for an hour or so. And we only really see the whole show um, about a week beforehand when we all get together and the producers have decided which order they go in and then, we all uh, do sort of a tech stumble through to see who's moving what furniture and which props can go here. And does this person have enough time for a costume change? Um, but uh, that means that we all get the added fun of not knowing what we're going to see until very close to when we all get to see it. When we finally did our first stumble through and it came time to watch Natalie Dent do Hello, Baby, I Miss You. Everybody had all sorts of tasks to complete around the audience, uh, around the theater, yeah. and everyone just stopped dead and sat there listening to her do that beautiful 10-minute monologue. And that's what I love about this show is that you, you never know what to expect. You know, we, we close the first act with some crazy FBI spoof, and we open the second one with this dystopian thing about two guys getting to know each other on a train car bound for death. It's yeah, it's, it's completely unexpected, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, man, it, it's just like a, a roller coaster and, and a tide of emotions. And yeah, you, mm-hmm. you talked about Natalie Dent. Yeah, she was she was amazing, amazing. Yes, so, she is. Mark, I got to go back to you. Um, why did they change the vote? You, you changed the vote structure around it because I remember the first couple times the vote was at the end of each show, but now everything's at the end. So, why was that change made? I that would you'd have to talk to the to the producers. I I'm 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 just a playwright, William. <laughs> in this in, in in this case, um I, I don't I don't know. I, I assume they, they wanted to maybe there's a logistical problem, you know, the problem of, of counting each night separately and going through the motions for, you know, the, the just the time it would take, the resources to do that in the announcements. And instead, um you know, overall vote for the entire the entire the audience for the entire run, all counted together. I'm I'm just guessing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now, David. Now you talked about you have all these different directors to work for. You had that Bobby Harris was one. You worked mm-hmm. with an Andrew Porter. So like, there's different styles. Like so like, you know, talk about like for example, Bobby Harris. How did his style like? 
How is that different from, say, like an Andrew Porter or a Megan Stanton? Well, I uh, I'd say that you can you can kind of see it uh, in the flavor of the scene. Um, I honestly I can't speak to Bobby Harris. I've I've never uh, worked with him before, and I still haven't. That's another thing. I wasn't in any shows that he directed, but um, Megan Stanton directed Mr. Shells, and Andrew Porter directed uh, Parallel. Now. For one thing, those are two very different scenes, but for another, those are two very different people. Andrew has um, this this sort of kitchen sink mentality. He, he wants uh, just everything, everything. This one, he says, is going to go at the end of the first act, so we're going to have an ironing board and all these socks, and we're going to put a couch in here, and, and maybe we'll have a, a lamp that you can use for interrogation, and we can... He has all these ideas, and he just throws everything at the wall and sees what sticks. But it's really fun um, because he wants to hear our ideas, too, uh, as, as far as uh, what props and can we do this goofy little lockstep walk across and stare Ima down. And um, it's because it's a comedy, uh, it's much more about the, the little bits and the timing. Uh, and then Megan Stanley yeah. is directing us, and there are no props whatsoever. It's just yeah. three people asleep on stage. So yeah. she sat with us and said, okay, well, what is the relationship between these two guys? Because that's what makes it interesting. That's what makes this, uh, makes the audience come to the edge of their seat, is these two very different people stuck in this situation together. So whereas Andrew was saying, let's have coat hangers coming out of couch cushions. (laughs) Megan was saying, stare into each other's eyes and get to know each other because that's where the heart of this piece is. Wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I can speak. I mean, I worked with Bobby for the first time on mine, the last Uh 10, and and he was exceptionally engaged. We had an ongoing email correspondence going on with, with very specific questions and he, and, and uh, him, him checking, you know, blocking things that, that for me, as long as the intent is there, then, then fine. It's, it's a blueprint for, you know, it's a blueprint for a show. It's, it's not, uh, it's not set in, in stone. So the lines were there. That's, and, and was the intention moving forward is all, all there. That's great. But he was, uh, very attentive and also very inventive and, uh, and it was, it was a pleasure to work with him. Absolutely. So uh, I'm going to take a, a left turn and just talk about the secret sauce of the creative process. So, uh, <laughs> Mark, talk. <laughs> Mark, talk about your 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 process for writing. Oh my goodness. Um, well. Sometimes there's plays start in a variety of different ways. It could be it could have been an article, it could have been a conversation, it could have been uh, an incident that, that I've been been privy to. But 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 something strikes me and will percolate for a while. And you start. Uh, sometimes I just make reams of notes, and finally it it, it bubbles, something bubbles to the surface. Um, other times, you just you know, you, uh, I I always think about Tennessee Williams getting up every morning. At, and regardless of where he was the night before, or who he was with the night before, or what he was doing the night before, 
and, and sitting down and writing regardless. And I thought, well, how the hell can you call yourself a playwright if you're not writing? So sometimes you just have to sit down and, and write. And you, and, and you see the stage, you, you pick the lights come up, and off we go to the races. Yeah, it's to, all uh, about discipline. Yes. And, and yep. that cliche is a cliche for a reason, that, that writing is rewriting. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the hardest part for a lot of folks is just the blank page. I mean, this, the, those first words. Well, you have to get that little sensor off your shoulder and give yourself permission. <laughs> I think, you know, to, it, it's going to be okay because you're usually your own worst critic. You call that writing. That's terrible. But the, the scariest words for me are, are to say a comedy because then you better be funny. I'm not going to touch that one, Mark. This, this is a comedy. Well, then you better be funny. Ooh, Just tell them it's a yeah, play. Yeah, that's, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, talk about how you keep your acrimony sharp. Oh, uh, hmm. My my acting instrument. I I wanted to hear about the special sauce too. I I thought Mark was just going <laughs> to say whiskey. Um, <laughs> Irish whiskey. Yes, there it is. Uh, my acting instrument. Uh. Well, when you go to school for it, they break it down for you. Uh, a lot of it is just making sure that your body is in the right shape and that you're aware of it. Because, for instance, uh, Agent Skulder moves very differently than Gunner, um, and you have to be aware of that. And if you're not aware of and in control of your own body, then you can't very well move it uh, the way you want. Your voice is the same way. Uh, Agent Skulder has a centurion booming kind of thing going on, whereas Gunner's got this sort of from from sort of everywhere uh, drawl to him. Uh, but as far as in general keeping it sharp, I, I read a ton of plays. I go see plays. I watch other people do it, and I keep doing it myself. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> this is all about telling stories. Yeah. So every, if, if as long as I remind myself that everything is in service to that, um, and I remember that the years I spent teaching preschool were some of the most valuable in learning how to act, uh, then I I know I'll be okay uh, because kids can spot BS. Kids know when you're yeah. not telling the truth, and you know you you grow up, and you keep that somewhere. So audiences know when you're not telling the truth. So really, above and beyond staying physically and mentally fit, it's just about being honest. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think you, you can you can break break down. You know what happens next. That's 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 the if you can engage people so that they want to know what happens next. Yeah. And then, you know. That's a secret sauce there. And then, <laughs> then what? And then, what happened? And then mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Fill in, so, uh, fill in speak, that blank. Go ahead. So I'm just saying, you know, yep, you fill, fill in fill that blank. blank. You, you put the put the premises on the stage and the conclusions and, and the audiences that that you you give them information and let them decide. Put things together. Don't don't yep. preach at them. You know, if they want to hear a sermon, they can go to church. But um, mm-hmm. they come <laughs> to the theater. They want to. 
They want to Amen. be involved and, and, and make their own and make their own decisions about what what uh, they've seen based on what they've seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And and no exposition. And no, and <laughs> no, no exposition. Too too much exposition. <laughs> so many times you see a rookie playwright, you know, Jonathan, you are my brother, as you know. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Characters telling each other stuff that obviously it's just for the audience. Yeah. Because they, 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 you don't know that? Okay. You have to let the story unfold. I mean, this, mm-hmm. I like stories that unfold, and you kind of, mm-hmm. and there's reveals and layers like a Russian doll, and it just sort of like you figure it out or you don't, but it kind of surprises mm-hmm. you a little bit. That's what mm-hmm. I like. And starting in the middle is a great way to do that. I love starting in the middle of something and, and, and wondering who these people are and why exactly are we running? And, uh, and as an actor, the, the side of that for me is um, if I am being honest, I want to know what happens next. Um, you're right. Absolutely, Mark, that it's, it's not just enough for me to tell the truth. I have to tell it in a way that makes the audience come with me and want to find out what happens next. Yeah. And then make it, make it seem. And then when they decide, when they make up their minds, say, Oh, it was that way all along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, how do you, how do you do that? There you go. And there I have to go. forgive them too. Um, because audiences are, are very different depending on the size and the day of the week. Um, yeah. Not to mention the, the you know the old adage of three blind men discovering an elephant. Uh, you can read the same story to three different people with the same words, and they'll all have a different lesson that they take away from it, a different understanding of it based on their own experience. So um, that that only comes with uh, with time and experience. It's, is recognizing that maybe today isn't the day to go for the laugh on that line, but instead say it mm-hmm. seriously because this audience is a bit weepy. Um, but then the next day, all they want to do is giggle, so you give it to them. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, talk about the quickening. Okay. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a it's a full length play. It's a ghost story for the stage. It opens uh, June eighth preview on uh, June seventh, and I hope it will be a a fun ride, not just for the for, for the audience, but uh, for the cast. I have an excellent excellent cast. David's in it. Uh, Marianne Angelella, mm-hmm. Amanda Spellman, and Debbie Bennett. Um, it takes place in a house that is in a subdivision of Richmond, Virginia, where a farm used to stand and a farmhouse used to stand where a skirmish occurred during the Civil War and a young couple moves in. It's her first house. She's pregnant and things start to go um, awry. Mm. And there's, a, there's a strong Baltimore tie. The, 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 the uh, pregnant woman is from Baltimore and her mother's from Baltimore. She comes down. But it's... Um, um, it was a uh, Maryland State Arts Council Individual Arts Award winner, and it's uh, you know, picked up this and that in that prize. And I'm I'm just very I'm really pleased uh, that the co- it's a co-production of the Collaborative Theater Company and uh, Fells Point Corner. So I'm I'm real I'm real pleased with the with the pro- production and the producers and how they're putting things together and the attention to detail. And I, and uh, I, I expect me to say this, but I do. I do. I've, I've loved watching the rehearsals 
that I've watched and, and the conversations mm. that actors have with each other based on the text. You know, there's so I I I I, I think it's going to be a a worthwhile evening of theater. Who are your stars? David. <laughs> David is. <laughs> there's only four characters. David, oh, I'm barely uh, David, in it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Marianne Angelella, who you saw as Alice B. Toklas, I think, last in Gertrude and the Companion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda, who um, I, I, lives in the D.C. area. And uh, Debbie Bennett, who's who's uh, been around Baltimore quite a while, um, acting and acting in, in various things. Okay. So it's directed by Ann Turiano, uh, the enti- this wasn't planned, but the entire design staff is, is uh, female. Um, the set designer, Casey Dutz, the lighting designer, the, this, the costume designer, the props, the stage manager. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, David, uh, what's next for you? Mm, the quickening. Okay. The very next show I'm doing is is the quickening. We uh, actually did a, a a really fun uh, and fascinating thing that I've never done with a show before. But we offered tickets to uh, the rehearsal process for the quickening. It was this neat idea that um, I believe Antoriano and and uh, the collaborative had, uh, where we've workshopped it for an entire year. We've gotten together once a month and done a reading. Um, and talked character, talked costume, talked lighting, talked sound, and it was over to the public. Uh, anybody could buy a ticket and come and sit in and give feedback. So um, it's it's a rare treat to have the playwright there and uh, an even rarer treat to be involved in the evolution of a production. And I love this story to begin with. It's so fun and spooky. And uh, it's it's not heightened in the way that uh, the usual ghost stories are. Uh, you know, there, there there aren't very many moments where you could hear a sudden violin stinger. Um, it's, it's just a gradual build of unease. Um, but peppered with some very real family moments and all set against a backdrop of uh, you know, the larger discussion of the meaning of life and what comes after it. Um, and, and Mark has done a, a fascinating job in this script of sort of splitting the difference between the, the more spiritual uh, ideologies and uh, uh, the school of physics, really. I mean, anybody who, uh, who gets ghost stories tied up with the double slit experiment, it's uh this is doing all right in my book. So uh, I get to play the skeptic husband. Um, you've got a, a mathematician, a pregnant wife, and her uh, very woo-woo mother, all of whom buy into the notion that ghosts are real. And then there's my character, who is a history buff electrician uh, and who just believes in what he can see. So I get to spend the entire time going, no, it's probably just the air conditioning. <laughs> no, no, the fax machine. No. And uh, it's just been nice, you know, having, working, David, a lot, a lot of these actors have been with the play from the, be, you know, from the beginning. Um, I had an in-house reading in my house 
from that we're well, moving yeah. to it's it's had stage readings for the comparative drama conference and and uh, won the one the the state award at the Baltimore Book Fair you know so it's been really great you know a luxury if you will to to have the a cast who have have stuck with the play it makes me feel really good but it also mm-hmm. allows me to you know when I'm when I'm looking at the at the text I can I can hear their voices I can I can Absolutely. see you know their 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 movement they're they're inhabiting it and that contribution that they give by by filling things out you know it's allowed me to say well is this too much or not enough you know david carries that off it's fine everybody can 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 it's uh readable if you will it's wow. it's understandable it's drama conference. was that in 2015 that? i think so wow yeah We've been with yeah, this show for a while. <laughs> yeah, this is this is, uh, and then uh, Anthony uh, Hinkle and, and who saw us with, uh, came to a reading of the dramatist. We had a reading the dramatist guild sponsors mm. these readings in Baltimore called Sp- B- Baltimore Spotlights, and uh, he 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 was uh, pr- running the collaborative theater company and came and saw that and, and expressed an interest and off we went. So the stars just aligned on this one. It's just I'm 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 but I'm very much aware of how lucky I am to have the production and have the production in such a way where I have people who are, who have stuck with it over a period of time. Make fun with it. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, I'm excited, and I definitely plan to see that one. I mean, you know, I'm gonna be there. That's that's I'm there with bells on. I mean, that's. <laughs> Amazing. Good. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. I just thank you again for your time. Thank well, you so for much for having us, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, y'all have a fantastic day. Oh, you yes. did the same. You too. All right now. Okay. Okay. Right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, folks out there in Radio Land, remember to do something for your career every single day and break a leg day. Under the dark, you pacify me. Hold my breath. Take me down, I won't fight Beat of my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes a sound no one can find out 